Well, thank you very much. Needless to say, it's great to be with you today. Uh, I will be talking about my part. You'll be hearing the word part later on. One of the two ministries I'd like to talk about, and these are ministries that you have been participating in over the last year and a half. Uh, I don't know if you use Facebook or not, but I had this habit. I was collecting friends, and I collected friends for years, but I never posted anything on Facebook. I just thought it was a fun thing to do. When people said, can I be your friend? I said, sure. Well, then, well, then COVID came along, and I said to Ryan, now that everyone's, no, very few people are going to church now, even in Indonesia, how can I connect with these people? I, I assumed about 4,000 out of the 5,000 people that I had befriended were actually hot tom young people who have their cell phones and were wanting to connect with me. I said to Ryan, what can I do with this? And he said, well, start a group. I said, what's a group? So he showed me online how to start a Facebook group. And this group has been a, not only a discipleship and evangelistic ministry, but a good way for me to connect with our hot tom young people. So the group, Yodamamya. If you look up Yodamamnya, you're going to find the Hatam Facebook group. And so we started in April 1st of last year with zero members, and I started inviting all of the people that were in my French, all of my good close friends on Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, and then a few months later, we started getting many, many people that started joining. And so our family had a celebration of 3,000 members. And then we came up to 5,000 members, and up to four, and then eight, nine. All of a sudden, Ryan decided 9,000 members this is going to be the peak, the epitome. We're not going to get any more than this, so let's have a big banner and celebrate. Well, it was only four of us celebrating because we were COVID, so we did it in our backyard. But anyway, what does it come to now? This week, we passed 13,000 members. I really don't have that many friends, <laughs> but they think I'm their friend. But what has been, so what we do is, uh, every day or two, I post a brief devotional, five to ten minute devotional they can read. It's from God's Word, the Bible. It's in either Hatam language, which is the tribal language we work with, or the Indonesian language. So I put both verses up there with a little devotional. And uh, some of the results, some of the feedback that I get from the group there, is, as far as a discipleship ministry is concerned, is thank you for giving me insight into God's Word. People are sitting home with no, uh, no feeding from God's Word whatsoever, and all of a sudden they're Facebook right on their cell phone. Other, uh, other uh, input, thank you for praying for my mother who is sick. We, we're dealing with prayer requests of people that have needs in their home, and they don't know where to go. They come to Facebook, and they find our group. And, other, and many other uh, responses as well that we found. And then evangelism. To date, 245 people have prayed the prayer of salvation from devotions that we've posted on the site since we began in April 1st. 245 people during COVID. Incredible. I give you 245 reasons why your ministry in Indonesia is still effective in reaching the Indonesian people. Would I have met 245 people going out the door, going to the store? No. But God says, but I've got the people. And these are not only Christian people that are on this site. They're Catholic people. They're Buddhists. They're Muslims that are logging into a site. Why would a Muslim want to be on a Christian site? Because secretly they can start searching for God where they can't come to a church. Their family and friends would alienate them, but they can find it on our site there. So praise the Lord. He's been using that, and it continues. It's a hobby now for me. Every day or two, I'm trying to put on a devotional and reaching how many people? So far, 13,000 plus. 
And then another ministry that I had going on this past year, <clears throat> actually it started 25 years ago. Uh, I taught a course at our Hatam Bible School, Hatam being a tribal group, which is the name of their language, and uh, I taught the course on family life, and I wrote a book, and we published it in 1999. Were some of you born then? Yeah, I guess you were. <laughs> in 1999, and uh, we... I taught it as a course at our Bible school, and then the, the book was out of print, and for 20 years, uh, we went on with our life. Well, then one of the men said to me, we want to teach it in our village, but the book, we don't have the book anymore. Can you reprint it? So we added about 100 pages over the past three years. It's over 350 pages now. We reprinted it, and uh, we ordered the first 1,000. Well, we went through the first 1,000 in a number of months, even during COVID, people were coming and uh, with masks on, buying the book, and so we ended up with the, ordering the next 1,000, and we're working on distributing and selling that as well. But the Family Life book is a, is a challenge to their culture. It's not a family life according to American culture here in Plantation, Florida. It's a book based on God's Word. What should a family look like, a biblical family look like, according to what God has designed as a Christian family? And some of these issues that I deal with uh, bride price. Uh, how much should the family of the man pay to, in order to uh, get a bride for his son? Does that make sense to you? Well, that's a bride price. It doesn't make sense to a lot of us. Um, what are some of the other issues? Uh, what happens if somebody dies? They feel that if someone dies, it's always because of what we in America call the boogeyman. It's called the swangi. No one ever dies of a sickness. Someone has always caused that sickness to make that person die. Therefore, a lot of retribution among the tribal people, causing death, causing panic, causing anxiety. And so the book deals with issues such as that. Um, Septinus in the purple is the one that was one of my students 25 years ago and said, we'd like to teach this in our, in our village. Can you reprint the book? And so Septinus and others took it to their village. They have home fellowship groups where they'll sit down, enjoy. Most of, usually in their houses, they don't have chairs. They'll sit on the floor. So they feel comfortable doing that. And uh, they've been enjoying reading about basics of family life according to what God set as the standard for living. And then the local mayor came to the office one day, wanted to buy 200 of the books, and said, I want to give them out as I visit the different Hatam villages, and I want to make them available to people as well. So continue to use, uh, continue to pray for the Facebook uh, opportunity and the Family Life book. When we go back in January, then it's my goal to open the Bible school once again and be able to start teaching with real live people once again. What I've learned recently through COVID and all, but especially as we've started our ministry many years ago, is never, never, never forget about the women, the youth, or the children. The ladies' program in the Hatam language has been going on now for 13 years. The group has continued to develop, adapt, and grow over these 13 years. God's done an amazing work in the lives of these women They've come to the point where not only do they want to sit in on classes, but they want the materials, they want highlighters, they want to be actively learning from God's Word for their own hearts as well. Um, I prepare the study guides, and then they are distributed. And this went on quite well for many years, 13 years, until COVID hit. And then we found that the big groups meeting together could no longer meet together. But the women went on to meet in their own little local areas. 
And after 13 years, as I worked with individual women, they were able to keep these studies going. So while we had masks and could only deal with small groups, our women that had been trained went out and back into the community. And the numbers began to grow as the groups found the next meeting place. Who's teaching us next um, now that uh, COVID has hit? But it's amazing because God has been raising up godly women for 40 years. This woman trained under the original missionaries, and uh, she is the one that carries on in the work that's being done. And what's so amazing is she as well was in on the translation that was done with Dick and Shara Griffiths. And to see this work and the desire for the young girls and boys to continue to hear the truth is just amazing. So local studies were continued to be held, and the women just kept the study programs going on. Of course, the days of 13,000, 13, I got your number, 1,300 women meeting together no longer comes out, but God is continuing to grow the groups, and the groups are continuing to go on in the ministry that they were entrusted with. And these women, these are influential women. These women, their wives, their mothers, their aunts, grandmothers, sisters, and all of them telling the truth and being a part of what's going on in the growth with their families. And so what used to be uh, me just getting together with the women and uh, having a small Bible study has just exploded. And as the years have gone on, I've gone from handing out baby clothes and blankets to handing out reading glasses and Bengay. We've been together that long. So praise God for that. And in uh, the new year, hope to resume that as well. Never, never forget the youth because they are our future as well. When the 40-year um, veteran missionaries retired, uh, the seven and five to seven language groups that had lost these missionaries decided they wanted to come together. And they asked me if I would mentor them. Uh, programs had been going on, but they wanted fresh material. And so we got together once again in a small group, as God tends to do that. And then I was able to uh, give them some new lessons, some new um, joys in studying God's work. And once again, God began to grow this group. And uh, we, would, we, we would meet twice a month, and uh, they would then take the lessons and the programs and the games back to their kids. We played the games together. Uh, we sweated together. It's hot there. And we uh, learned all new games, 40 new games with spoons and balloons and marbles and everything you could buy right there in the stores and sticks and stones and no break your bones. And we had a good time. Just what was available for them that they could carry these programs on. And they took the programs back. And as they had played the games, they realized how important this was to have a good, healthy fellowship with the kids. Well, the groups began to grow, so I decided I would put boxes together. And you'd get two spoons and four marbles and maybe six ping pong balls and 25 balloons. And then as the boxes emptied out and they came back with reports of how things were going, we filled the boxes up again and they went back to their community. And the outreach and uh, the desire for these kids to come together, the youth especially, uh, was really exciting. But uh, God knew that the program to further develop would need some new strength and energy and vision. And so the Lord brought Brian. Uh, onto the scene when I had desired so much to say, Ryan, would you be willing to help out your mother? And I thought that wouldn't be right. So God did the pushing. And one evening, Ryan said, Mom, can I talk to you? I'm really desirous of, of being involved in training leaders. Could I help? And I was like, let me think. Yes. And so he has just brought a new energy and enthusiasm to spur us on. 
and the leaders, young leaders his age, kids he grew up with, so desirous of reaching their own youth as well. And they have become the Timothys that he is now working with in other ministries as well. And so we, uh, Ryan and I, are just looking forward to getting back there and uh, co-teaching again. And he's so good. I little little hard on all those little games that I keep doing. And all of a sudden, I hand the whistle to him and I say, I'm just going to sit over here for a second. So uh, it's, but it's exciting for the... Uh, the families there to see uh, Ryan and I interact and to see that connection from when he was young to have that desire to carry on God's word. And they are excited by that as well. So never, never leave behind the young children either. Providentially, before COVID hit, uh, Walter and I drove interior in this wonderful um, vehicle, and uh, we began to hold some training sessions for the Sunday school teachers and uh, programs that were going on. But for them, the material, that's the aspect that runs out so quickly. So um, I was able to, uh, along with another missionary, just get programs together. She did, the, um, she did all of the uh, preparing, and now we worked in the Indonesian language. And so they had enough of materials and ideas so that when COVID hit, the program could continue on, and they were already up and running. Um, it's been exciting to go and to visit some of the churches, to see the teachers using those materials, to see the, the programs that have been kept in motion and hearts that continue to be engaged in God's truths. And um, they have their lesson time, and then they have their workbook time with colors and crayons of bright colors that uh, they're not used to these things. And so bringing a whole new dimension to all of this. And it's a time for the teachers to sit around and talk to them on the pages they're coloring and to just go through the lessons again. And of course, like all kids, they're so proud of their work. Um, and then they proceed on with the, the games that they've been taught and uh, to just foster that uh, healthy and fun fellowship. And God's word is always our guiding light. As these, con these teachers continue to impart the truth, for daily, daily living, so even a child can understand it. Um, so never, never, never leave the women, youth, or children behind. In fact, even the president of Indonesia realized this as well. And as it has been proven true over and over again, she, sometimes a she, Miss Mandy, will also come into your life and have a ministry that has brought a fresh vision and a real new strategy for outreach. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having us today. What more can I say, right? I mean, that's it. They got it all right there. I'm impressed. I wish my parents were like them. And this is Miss Mandy right here. Now, Mandy is uh, doing a lot of ministry in Indonesia with us. She is doing homeschooling with our little Cadence. This will win your hearts. Cadence, can you see? I, wow. This is Cadence. We loved her so much. We're having another one. Good job, Cadence. Mandy teaches the ladies, I teach the men, she teaches the babies. <laughs> Good job, Cadence. So okay, Mandy is doing homeschooling with uh, Cadence above what else as well. Mandy gets involved with the people in the community there. Uh, my parents and I are very focused on certain ministries here and there, and Mandy is just sweet and kind to everybody. She loves the Muslim people, the Christian people, Buddhist people, 
the uh, young ladies, old ladies, children, and uh, from different around. This one at the top here, you can see, is in our uh, front yard there, just hanging out with the neighbor, talking with her, sharing ministry ideas. This little girl on the left here is named Miracle, and the left, your right, right side, is named Miracle, and she just loves Mandy. We uh, went over to Miracle's house a number of times and was able to share different things with her. And then they had a bunch of puppies over there we played with. It was so cute. Anyways, so this girl just fell in love with Mandy, loves Mandy. And then we have other ladies. Mandy's a very approachable person. She'll go into the store. You know, I'll go into the store and I'll buy milk and then I'll leave the store. You know, she goes in the store and she's having friends and she's talking and she's making friends with all the different ladies online and just doing a great job with that, which is excellent. Because in a, in a city of about 150,000 people, they have maybe about eight Westerners. So Westerners is like a big deal. <laughs> Westerners is like a big deal there. So if they can see and talk with Mandy, excellent. And as a guy, I'm not one to stop in the stores and talking with the, the ladies in the store, you know. But when Mandy comes along here, she can open up that whole door of ministry there. Other one. Here she is in Sunday school, helping the next generation. And on a side note, see all these crayons and these books here. These were printed by Diane Kennedy to help train this Sunday school. And then Mandy and I were able to go to that Sunday school and see how they use the materials there. So this is just one Sunday school that Diane Kennedy is influencing. And our little Cadence gets some cross-cultural training. We're hoping that I'm hoping that she grows up to be a missionary to take a our place and down the road. So here she's getting some good training and good learning with missions there as well. Uh, so in about 18 years, you might have another missionary signing up to s for you guys to support. Just letting you save your money. No. <laughs> and then I love this story. This is a, a group of uh, well, a Muslim lady from one of the churches. Churches. English classes. She came up to mom and said, "Hey, would you teach my?" girls the English and so mom said yeah sure so mom and Mandy show up to this Muslim school here to teach English to these girls and they all got their heat jobs on and their jilbabs on and they're all but these people loved M Mandy and mom Mandy and mom are teaching them English and these people just loving them and the uh they got all these photos with them, and they just did a fantastic job there. Because mom, as you already know, is very good with connecting with people. But then also Mandy, too, is able to connect with people, teach English, and just go, go with it there. So they asked her to sing a song. Not mom, sorry. They asked Mandy to sing a song. And so here's Mandy standing here in the midst of all these Muslim boys and Muslim girls, because, you know, Islam can be a, just a cultural thing for many people. So they, they just, they're just happy that you love them, and uh, they're just happy to be there for that. And they're just kids still, you know. So they have these groups here. So Mandy's standing in a Muslim school. You can't get more Muslim than this, surrounded by all these people. So she's going to sing a song up front. So, you know, what song would you sing, you know? What song would you sing, Dan? What song would you sing? No, I so we could sing like something from Frozen, you know, or something from a Walt Disney song. So Mandy stands up front. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been your choice to sing something from Frozen. Good. 
You would have done a great job, by the way. Till Mandy's up there in front with all these Muslim people around. She stands up there with the microphone, and she sings, you know, you, you don't want to offend anybody by singing, you know, religious songs. So she sang a very traditional. Amazing grace. <laughs> so in front of all these Muslim people, Mandy's singing amazing grace to them. Wow. How many times do they go home and they start YouTubing, amazing grace, what is that? How can you get saved? Now we talk about the impact that God has made in Indonesia there through the different ministries. One of my ministries is to teach at an Indonesian seminary. We get to teach the next generation of pastors, youth leaders, Sunday school teachers that are coming up. So there's about one or two seminaries in that town. So in a sense, half or almost every young person going into the next generation of being leaders in the pastor, teachers, Sunday school teachers, government is going through one of my classes. So I get to sit there and have that relationship with these people and build those ties there and get into their lives and family and friends and be able to help them out there has been a really huge blessing. Also, another one of my ministries that I love doing is Mandy and I get to show the Jesus film. Well, as you can see here, just where Ryan and Mandy show the Jesus film, distribute Bible resources, share the gospel in remote tribal villages. Yes, we do all that. And Mandy and I, so as you can see, the, these uh, resources right here are ones that Walter and Diane and the previous generation of missionaries have learned the culture, learned the language, typed, printed, written, gotten ready, distributed maybe in a sense once or twice to, Sunday, to a school, to teach school, 40 people, 50 people, 100 people. But now, it's been so many years that the next generation doesn't have any of these of their own. So Mandy and I go in with the resources you guys have sent. We print off a bunch of these things. Now we can flood the nations, flood the villages with this stuff for the next generation to come along and to be able to see the materials that their pastors grew up on. So as many ch villages that have pastors, we want those villages to be full of people who are just as equipped as pastors with Bible knowledge. And over here we show the Jesus film. This is a soccer edition. Who's seen the soccer edition of the Jesus film before? No? Okay. Hey, then. So the soccer edition, the people love soccer over there, so they put on the few soccer highlights and ministries before the Jesus film. Then we show that, and uh, it's a uh, big impact. They love it. People, whole villages just stop and empty out into this church here. Church is full. People, no social distancing whatsoever. So if you haven't had your COVID shots, don't go there, I tell you. They're all just cramming in. And then we, uh, every, the people with the, the, the um, even some Muslims from around the area can come. People who are usually get, uh, uh, have issues and stuff with going to church, they want to know what's going on with the Jesus film. And so they want to know, hey, what is this event? So they come in as well, and they get to see something that they would never have seen before. This gentleman on the left here, his name is Melky. He's uh, my right-hand guy there. And in our village there, in our city, in Monaquari, there's about how many? 100, 200, 300, about 300 villages or so. 400 villages that surround this city. And we've had missionaries that have gone there, but most of them have retired, except Walter and Diane. They just keep going and going and going. 
And so we get to do ministry in these areas to be able to distribute Bible resources, to be able to distribute New Testaments, to be able to distribute these different things that can influence all these villages. But for 2,000 years, 6,000 years, none of these villages have been accessible other than an airplane and hiking. But that's forever. So now... We have, in this generation alone, the government started building these dirt roads that go into all these villages. Now, no one from the, from the west or from the, those cities want to go into these villages, but we do. And so we take these roads with that uh, nice 4x4 four four that you saw before that Diane was mentioning, and we can go and hit all of these villages. So a place on the edge of the planet that... The Western world doesn't know about, doesn't care about, except you guys, you care about them, but everyone else won't show up on the CNN news, won't show up on ESPN, but at the edge of the planet here, all these people, we can get all these Bible resources to them like never before, because even the last generation with airplanes could only get to, so if you see the map here, only get to a certain number of villages, maybe four villages, five villages. But here, we can take this truck and we can go to all the villages now. So where the past generations created two pastors, three Bible-trained people in each village, we can essentially create 200 Bible-trained people in each village. And there's nothing that should be able to stop us. We're just going. God's opened up the doors and is making it happen. All right, I don't know if you guys know, like maps. I love maps. Here's a map. Follow me here. So this is Indonesia bunch of islands. Then you got West Papua here. This kind of looks like a, supposedly looks like a bird. Its beak and its mouth. Anyways, we're in the back of the head of the bird's head here. Now, in this area, let's blow that up a bit here. This here is, I think, the first map ever created of these villages, as far as I can find. I've contacted different leaders, and none of them have this map. So this is a Kennedy original handmade drawn map, as you can tell. <laughs> Each of these little squares here is a village, and this just goes in the jungle. Mountains, trees, jungle. But in these are all people who want to know more about God. And so, if God wants them to know about Him, let's get to them. And so, the vision for... Do I have that coming up? Okay, so this is where we should start it off with the Jesus film. Within the past ten years, the first missionaries really gave blood, sweat, and tears, Walter and Diane Kennedy, blood, sweat, and tears to get the Jesus film to these different areas. They're very remote, very far off. But now, with all these roads connecting it, we can hit all these things. And we can get the Jesus film into every village, essentially. So, on this map here, just to give you a context, here's the city of Manaquari that everyone lives in. This is the only connection to the Western world. Other than this, you go driving in, this is all jungle, village areas that Walter and Diane have built good relationships with people. I grew up in this, one of these villages down here. And so to travel from here to this side, just to give you a feel for it, is about a 12-hour ride one way, just to get you a feel. So if you're in Florida, you're driving 12 hours to go somewhere, you're probably going to get to North Carolina. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Mark. North Carolina. So this is going quite a distance there. And that's just one way. 
many people like to go home. So they got two ways to travel there. It's 24 hours to go here and back just to get you a feel for how much space this is. So we started showing the Jesus film in these villages. So we got these red dots on here, but there's no way of keeping track of these things because every village is this and that and all these different names and guy. Uh. So here I made a map and I put these different red dots on it and I thought to myself, this is cool. There's nothing stopping us from getting red dots on every village. God has provided the finances, he's provided the time, he's provided the ability, he's provided the vehicle, he's provided the roads. Let's do this. Because these roads can erode and disappear within a day, a week, may or may not ever be fixed. So I'm like, hey, the roads are open. Let's go now. So we got these different things. Now, what is the vision, though? We kept showing the Jesus film, and we added more dots to it here. This is a Maya tribe, Sob tribe, Hatam tribe, different languages, but we're getting them all together. And then we show the Jesus film even more. So we're getting into more villages. So each time we show the Jesus film, we have about 200 people that come from different villages. And we'll have pastors come from another village. They come to it. They see the event, the party, the party, the event, the balloons, the fireworks. So eh, makes it entertaining for them. The Jesus film. And the pastors come and they say, this was great. Now can you do all this again in our village? And I'm like, no, I'm tired. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> so then we set up a date and then we go back there again, show the Jesus film. More pastors come. They say, that's great. Can you come to another village? So with this just progressing, this is unheard of for the past generations of missionaries because they gave blood, sweat, and tears to build a rapport with these people, to build Bible schools, to train pastors. Now the doors are open with all the villages that those pastors went back to. So Walter and Diane trained all the pastors to go back to all these villages. Now all these villages are totally open to receiving everything that someone with a Kennedy name has to offer. And, you know, luckily enough, I have a Kennedy name. <laughs> Anyways, so we go in there and we take the Jesus film into all these villages. Now what's the goal? I say... What's to stop us from just blanketing the, blanketing the whole map with the Jesus film? Evangelism, discipleship, gospel, ministry, resources, audio Bible, everything. Three minutes. So I'm like, this is neat. Now we also have the Proclaimer, which is an audio device that now plays the New Testament for the first time ever in the history of this tribe. So when we have some of these in the back there, if you want to come take a look afterwards. These are solar powered. Take it, power it by the sun, go home. They can listen to it. These people take these in the tribal areas. They can listen to the, the audio Bible if they're blind or they can't read. Or some people get too old so they can't have the glasses on to read. They can listen to these and listen to them in groups as well. And this just took off. Here we have all these Photos here of different churches. One, two, looks like this, I think they're all different. One, two, three, four, five, six. All these places that they've shown the proclaimer and people go, whoa, we want some. So far, we've, all these photos have come from actually seven of these devices, just seven of these audio Bibles to get into people's hands. But all these people want them. So we're partnering with Faith Comes By Hearing to be able to distribute a hundred of these things to us for free from the Faith Comes By Hearing Company 
for us to use when we get back in January. So you can imagine all this impact, and this is just one-tenth of the photos. You can imagine all this impact with just seven of these devices. We want to get a hundred of these things and get them into every village and every area and every language. So this, is where we've, so this is where we're hoping to get all the proclaimers to and just keep going. 50,000, that's about as many people that live in all these villages here. And it's just open up for us missionaries. Westerners can go in there and they say, well, you know, we don't, we don't really know you. We really don't want you Westerners here. What are you doing here? What are you, what's going on? But we show up and they're like, eh, it's the Walter and Diane's son. And they go, oh, come on in. So we just go in and they welcome us and we just have all these resources that we give them. Huge amount of people. Here's another one, Bible resources, distributing these to uh, the nationals and they distribute it to their tribal people. Then they come back to us and then they say, Ryan, you gave us like 50 Bibles, but there's something we want. I'm like, oh, great, here it goes. You know, they want money. They want, you know, cars. I don't know. I, you can't say, yeah, I don't know. I can't do that. They come back to us. They say, Ryan, you gave us 50 Bibles. We, got, we gave them out to the pastors and churches. We want more. I said, you want more Bibles? They said, yes, we want more Bibles. I said, I'll give you more Bibles. Here's all the Bibles because we have resources from PCC here to be able to provide for that. Resources that have been provided uh, well by Pastor Ray and the missions team to be able to help us keep going with that and be successful with that. And that gets translated into the Word of God there. We have our table in the back there. Come sign up. We've got candy back there all the way from America. All the way. So help yourself some candy in the back there. Come see. Sign up for our uh, newsletter list and uh, come greet us in the back there while we are uh, between services. And then, if you think this was so cool, come back at 11. We'll do it all over again. Right, here. Oh, there you go. So you've heard the part of missionaries to be aware of what the culture is wanting, to be aware of where God's word is moving. Never, ever leave the youth, where, uh, the women, the youth, or the children behind. When a she or a he comes into a ministry, rejoice and see what they are going to do. And the impact that God is having is just amazing. As God goes on to take each part of these ministries and blend it together into a partnership that works to the glory of God. And we want to thank you because this is not just a report of our ministries. This is a report of your ministries that you've been doing over the past, uh, well, 30 years with us in uh, Indonesia there. And we do want to ask you to pray because that's part of your partnership with us as well. Uh, first of all, pray for Ryan and Mandy delivering of Serenity uh, in, on July 20th. Uh, they plan that ahead. This generation does that, I understand. Uh, Diane begins her cancer treatment tomorrow. We drive up to Jacksonville, Mayo Clinic, and cancer treatment begins to try to target those tumors that the doctors found a few weeks ago. So pray for uh, Diane with that and our family. And we're all planning to return to Papua, Indonesia, beginning of January. So those are our prayer requests, current prayer requests uh, for you at this time. So we want to thank you as, uh, on behalf of our family and our ministries for your partnership with us there in Indonesia. 
Before we finish, I would just like to share a devotional with you. I have a habit of doing that on Facebook, and for just the next five minutes, I want to share with you something that has impacted my life, especially since you saw those prayer requests. How do you handle stress, difficulties, challenges, disappointments in your life? I won't ask you to put your hand up, but are any of you facing tumors, cancer, a loss of a job, need of finances, uh, child on the way, anything like that? Well, let me share with you something that God has put in my life that has helped me. It's the picture of a wheelbarrow. The story is told of a man, an acrobat, who strung a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And the <clears throat> crowd started gathering. <clears throat> so this man gets on the tightrope and walks across to the other side. And the crowd applauds. didn't really realize the man was going to even try that. So they're applauding. And he says, well, let me ask you a question. Do you think I can go across the tightrope pushing a wheelbarrow? And they said, well, yeah, we believe you can do that. So he starts, takes a hold of that wheelbarrow and starts heading across the tightrope, gets to the other side. And so the crowd is growing and they're applauding. And he says, well, thank you very much. Do you believe I can push the wheelbarrow across the tightrope with someone sitting in it. And they said, well, we believe you can do anything. He said, I need one volunteer. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Uh, your name is Barry. I see you over there. Would you be willing to? Well, I, I've got to get home right now. My wife wants me to get some things at the store. How about you? Well, I've got a heart issue, and I can't do that. All of a sudden, a little boy walks up, gets in the wheelbarrow. And the crowd is appalled. Why is this boy willing to do that? Well, the man takes a hold of his wheelbarrow and starts heading across, slowly but surely, and he gets to the other side. And the crowd applauds. And after, after the applause dies down, the crowd says to the boy, well, why were you willing to get in that wheelbarrow with that man? And the boy says, well, he's my father. I knew he could do it. And so what is the moral of the story? Our Heavenly Father is pushing our wheelbarrow of life through the challenges that we face, across the tightrope that we fear, and I'm grabbing this podium because that is the white knuckles that frequently God sees, and he says to me, he says, Walter, why are you grabbing the wheelbarrow so tight? You can't change what's going on here. He says, I'm in complete control. You can either choose to grab hold of that as tight as you want, but it's not going to change the trip from this side to that side. So you choose. Are you going to trust me? My promises are good, and my promises are, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Read this with me. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, we relax, take your wife to Mayo Clinic, and God says, I'm in complete control. But let me tell you one thing, God says. Don't look down off the tightrope of life. Just look up. Just look up. Let's pray. Our loving Father, we thank you that you are in complete control. You know the money we need. You know the healing we need. You know the uh, encouragement we need. And so we pray that you will continue to be in control of our lives. We thank you for all of the Papuan people 
the Indonesian people that you've entrusted to us and this church in Indonesia, uh, that we pray that you would bring blessing upon them and many, many more people come to know you as Savior through the ministries that you've entrusted to us through this church. We pray that you continue to guide this church, that great growth would occur, evangelism, and many, many people in this community would come to know you as Savior through the ministries of this congregation. We give ourselves to you in faith, not looking down, but looking up in the face of our Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.